This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe any information within it as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained within is a recommendation, endorsement or offer to buy or sell any securities. The hosts and guests on the show may have positions in some of the companies discussed. Make sure to seek your own independent professional advice before making any investment decisions. Trolling, trolling for 10 baggers. Trolling, trolling for 10 baggers. <laughs> Hi, thanks for tuning in. I'm Joel. And this is Sam. And welcome to Trawling for Ten Days. This podcast is about learning how to identify high conviction opportunities in small caps on the ASX. We talk to the experts in the space to help you learn how to speculate and protect your capital longer term. In this first episode, we're going to talk a bit about our own backgrounds, what brought us into this part of the market, and what we hope to improve on. This series won't be about us, though. In future episodes, we'll host a range of guests who are involved in smaller market cap companies, whether that's company management, geologists, accountants, CEOs, long-term investors, and even short-term traders. We'll also be doing deep dives into specific themes that can impact small cap companies, whether it's about how companies are actually listing on the ASX, how they're going about raising capital, their requirements for the Corporations Act and responsibilities being a director, and specifically around trading strategies and even more. We also want to speak to successful traders and investors, those that have already made the mistakes and are willing to share their experiences with us, and also those that have probably made a good deal of money too. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Anyone that knows me would tell you that I'm an absolute podcast evangelist. It's um, been great to see over the last few years so many new finance-related shows coming available and some really good stuff as well on value investing, on portfolio management, macro themes and interviews with really interesting industry professionals. What we really want to cover and talk about is speculation and small cap stocks, that part of your portfolio that you might allocate to risk capital. And Joel, just, just to jump in, that's, that's really the, under, the, that's the main point for our listeners. Um, we aren't really about that investing. This is about short-term trading and and basically taking positions and, and not really investing so we really need to clearly make that out this is speculating this is this is not investing absolutely and i think with that with so much good good quality content out there already and investing we'll put some links in the show notes to stuff we really recommend and listen to there's some great guys doing that already and yeah we really want to focus on on that very specific niche yeah, so interesting, Joel, because um, I know you're a big fan of the the interview format and obviously that's what we're setting out to achieve. But what I really like um, is the equity mates and I, I like the idea that those guys aren't taking themselves too seriously. There's a bit of a giggle in there um, and I think we're trying to find a bit of a balance between that where, we, where you know, we, we want to have a bit of a chat about some sort of themes but we do also want to learn from those experts too. So I guess this is going to be... Um, you know, a, a journey for all of us, a journey for the listeners, um, and we're hopefully going to emulate some of those really good podcasts. Joel, I think you had some comments that you might have wanted to round off on feedback. Yeah, we're certainly keen for any input or ideas in what people would like to hear about as we go forward in the series. Anything relating to speculating or small caps that you've got questions or queries about, we've got some contact details in the show notes, so please send it through, and if we can f- help out or find some information on it, we'll certainly do so. So I guess... Um, some of these listeners might be thinking, well, where the hell did the, the name trawling for 10 baggers um, come from? And, um, you know, like I, I go into, I think we had a bit of a, a debate about this. We started off with 
speculation station and, and really underscoring the idea that we were speculating. And um, that sounded very sophisticated, but I think I think we erred. Well, I like that two mug punters I thought was good as well because that was just, just how I yeah, felt no, we were. I'm a big fan of the word punters. I think I use it in my everyday vernacular. I just call everyone a punter. When I'm on the phone just talking to someone, this punter wants this, you know. So I do love that. And I, I think... I think you were looking for a bit more of that and a bit more. So I think we came with the idea of, of trawling because um, we're always, you know, when talking to our mates, we're always fishing for, for ideas and fishing for, you know, the big whopper of a stock. And I think that's when trawling came in. And I, I, just for the listener's sake, I mean, if you look at what trawling is, so the definition of to trawl is to search thoroughly or to fish with a trawl net. Um, and then if you're looking at trawling itself, it says, Trawling is a method of fishing that involves pulling a fishing net through the water behind one or more boats. And this is where you and I had a bit of a chat offline and I, I, I thought it made the case that wouldn't it be great if we're, if we're talking about the, the spec market or the, you know, the smaller nanocaps as, as a big ocean, you know, we'd just be a boat out there trying to trawl and we'd be learning and feeding off the other big speed boats and the other investors. And, and you actually disagree with me. You thought, no, I don't, I don't quite like that. But I think... Um, there's no doubt in, our, in my mind or I think generally that we are actually trawling out there. It's, it's, it is a bit of a dark ocean um, and we're trying to shed some light and we're trying to get some big whopping fish and that's where I think the word 10 baggers. And if, if you've gotten this far and you're still not sure what a bagger is, folks, a bagger is if you've made twice your money. So if you've bagged on something, you've doubled your money um, and the holy grail for most, I was almost going to trip up and say investors, but it's actually for most speculators, it is the 10 bags. Um, I actually must confirm. 10 times your money. That's what we're all looking for. Yeah, to hit the 10 bags. I would if I didn't sell something, but I have had the odd uh, five bagger or two off, off some small money. But um, yeah, Joel, um, you're happy with the name? Uh, I think you disagree with my idea of, of trawling, you know, because we're going to have some really good guests on there and we're going to be we're going to be trawling behind them, I think, mate. Oh, look, I agree. It's a, it's a big, dark, vast ocean and it's hard to find the, the fish in there at all, the good ones, let alone... The ones that are going to really be worth something. So I think it's it's quite apt. We're all looking and searching for for that elusive elusive catch. Absolutely, basically. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I guess we um, we should probably talk uh, about how we sort of came came to, to came to this. I mean, Joel, I think it's only been fair to say that we've we've only um, been talking for probably only a little over a year. You actually reside. We, we both reside in different states. Uh, and I think we were introduced from a mutual friend and, and we were always just talking at length, at great length, about the sort of various machinations of the market, watching this dog go bunter and watching this thing blow up. And, and I think we both sort of were, were, well, you were actually more of an avid listener to the podcast than me. And I think you slowly got me along thinking that, hey, there's actually a market for this. You know, there's some great stuff out there that talks about long-term investing and, and, you know, fundies and, you know, there's heaps of information, but there's very little about the spec market, and um, I guess that's why we're here. Can you tell us a little bit about um, about your background for the listeners? Um, what what got you into stocks and, and, and um, how you started out? As yeah, give us a bit of your journey, mate. Yeah, well, I've, I've always had an interest in business, not a professional one necessarily, but not just a bit of an entrepreneurial bent. Um, I can still remember when I was in high school and I used to sell Coca Cola cans from my school locker. I'd undercut <laughs> the canteen and did quite a good trade. Love it. Do you remember? Let me just jump in. Do you remember those little um, before they they had those Nintendo Game Boys? Do you remember those little um, games that you had on a little machine, like um, like Batman or Street Fighter? Oh yeah, yeah, like Donkey Kong and the little consoles. 
Yeah, they only had a game and they had like two or three buttons and you played that game and it was the screen didn't change. It was the same background, but they're oh, – yeah, I used yeah. to have one of those yep. too and you've just reminded me something because I didn't see your notes before we went to air and I'm just having a giggle because – I had one of those or a few of those and I remember charging like I thought I had this great idea. Wouldn't it be great to get them to pay 20 cents or 50 cents? And I think I had like two or three people pay 20 or 30 cents and they said, yeah, Sam, like stop charging us for this. So um, I think I gave up. But no, it's interesting. You're a bit like a Warren Buffett of sorts, mate, perhaps. Uh, Not quite quite yet. But no, certainly always interested in, yeah, a way to make a dollar and a little bit going and taking a slightly different approach, I suppose. I do remember when I got my first first, um, job and then a few years after, I'd saved a little bit of money and I bought $1,000 of some little small mining company somewhere. And a few days later, it went up 10% and I sold it for profit. And I just thought, wow, that was easy. And I could repeat that process a few times. If I do that at much, do that, I did it a couple more times and it worked. This is in about 2007. And every stock I bought, another thousand, I bought $1,000 worth of the stock, it would go up and I would sell it. And I just thought, this is great. I'm not going to have to have my day job much longer at this rate. I just buy something, it goes up and I sell it. And I thought, if I just keep doing this over and over, I won't need my day job long at all. And um, then I kept going for a little bit. This is, yeah, in late 2007, probably. And I bought a few more stocks that kept going right. Then I bought $3,000 worth of Centro shares. I uh, bought a couple, a couple of thousand dollars worth of my net phone. And then the GFC came. And that sort of put everything, a bit of a damper on everything, really. Centro went bust. I bought those as they were going down. And I'd spent more on those than any other shares I'd ever bought. They went out of they went completely bankrupt, I think, and lost all that money. And I got totally disenchanted. And I can't really remember. I just got caught up in life, I think. And the novelty of making money like that wore off very fast. And I really forgot mm. about the market. So I just wasn't paying much attention, I suppose. And I came back four or five years later and logged into my account. And I saw that most of the shares that I had, well, I think there was only one that was still listed that was had gone bust. And then I had the My Netphone ones that I'd bought $2,000 worth of them. and They'd gone up from 18 cents to over a dollar, and I, I couldn't believe my eyes. No it was like, it was thousands of dollars, and so I didn't really know what to do. I sold some and left. So it was an accidental. It was an accidental firebagger, and it was it was crazy. I didn't I didn't really know what to think, and I just remember selling some of them and taking the money, thinking, "Wow, that was that's, that's that was even easier than the little profits I was making before." So then I just, but I still wasn't. I think I just was busy with other things. I came back another year later and they'd gone up to $2. So the few stock that I had left were $2 and I stumbled again. That's that's incredible. And a couple of years later... How much did you have left, How much did you have left in there at um, $2? I really can't remember. I do remember selling the same amount that I originally bought it for, like selling that, cashing out my original cost base a couple of times So and still having lots of money left. So you, you were free carrying? I was free carrying from, from the Perhaps day that I looked back in. sort of talk about that. So if, from my understanding for free carrying, Joel, is this, let's just say you bought $500 of my net phone. Um, uh, if that went to $1,000, you take your $500 out, your original investment, and you're free carried on the, on the second 500 is that That's right? right. So you've taken out the original money you put in basically and the rest of it's you're letting ride. So there you go. So you've had just an accidental. An accidental lots of, lots of profit there. Many bags. And then, um, many, many yeah, bags. pretty much got the 10 bag there without even trying. Uh, that was certainly inspiring. And at some point a few years later, I actually paying a dividend and I couldn't believe it. I remember the first dividend was something like fifty dollars. But that was on a two thousand dollar investment and dividend. a couple of that's yeah, a couple of years later though. That's almost a word we don't we don't associate with well, that's, that's that's investing. That is investing. 
sounds like a speculation turned into a, a, a long term, and that's and that's pretty rare in these in these days. I, I can think. certainly take zero credit for my success that early <laughs> investment. And um, no, you all it, it really you did was inspired it. me years later to do actually find the right stock. And you do put what could be a very small amount of money into it. You can really get some quite amazing returns. I do recall at one point my Comsec portfolio was displaying over a 1,000% return on my original investment. So, so even though it was a $2,000 investment, it still provided enormous profits. And if I'd held the, the entire $2,000 until five or six years later or whatever it was, it would have been worth thousands and thousands of dollars. So that was another lesson too, is that once you get the good ones, you just got to hold on to them. But these were all accidents in yeah. hindsight. That's right. Well, how many of the, yeah, we'll talk about this and with other listeners and, and interviewers and stuff about how many businesses actually were something, you know, there's, we almost got to treat these as like a binary as some of these businesses aren't going to be around. But uh, it's a really good story. Um, thanks for sharing that, Joel. I mean, my, my history is a bit similar. I, I suppose I, I think I started out at uni myself and um, I was drinking a lot of beer at the time, as you do, and I thought, well, oh, I'm drinking a lot of beer. Maybe I should buy um, Lion Nathan. So I bought $500 worth of uh, Lion Nathan, the, the maker of um, Tui's Extra Dry and, and all those Tui's beers, which I regularly consumed at that age. And I think it was only a few months later. It was um, it actually didn't do much, and I thought, why have I bothered? And, you know, I was down on paper at 20 bucks or something, and I thought, this has been a terrible call. But then I think a few months later it was, it was taken over. Um, I think it was about 20 or 30% premium. So I thought, okay, that's, that's my first trade. That's good. Uh, and then I just started looking in and, in the newspaper and I think I got into mining stocks like you do because you, you start to see the potential. And uh, I think this would have been sort of same sort of time mate, as you, Joel. I think it was during the GFC. I was actually um, dipping my toes in banks and stuff like that and, and, and losing a bit of money. But then I found that, um, you know, after looking at BHP and Rio, that um, some of the miners looked pretty exciting because, you know, when those things bounced, uh, I remember BHP and Rio bounced in '09 and '10. I remember making a, a fair bit of money off the um, when Rio t- when Chanelco pulled out of the uh, the takeover and Rio Tinto had to do a massive uh, rights issue and it was it was at a deep discount. It was like a sixty seventy dollars stock, and it was at thirty dollars or something ridiculous. So I think that was sort of started me on the mining sort of side of things. And and then I remember being um, looking at sort of uh, rare earths in 2010 and 2011 following uh, an astute investor in, in some things that were just going absolutely silly. I remember Peak Resources, which is still listed, still pursuing that same asset in Tanzania. That was that was a stock I think I bought around 15 cents and, and got out about 60, 70 cents and I think actually went to a dollar before sort of falling back and I can remember some of the names some people might be familiar now, Reedy Lagoon, RLC. Uh, Northern Mining NTU, I think they're actually producing now. Uh, and some of these stocks here, I think I, I had a one to one to two or three bags on those as well. And like you, mate, thought, Jesus Christ, this is this is really easy. And then I think um, 2010, 2011 hit with the Fukushima, and a lot of mining stocks went backwards. And I'd almost blown up, probably blown up my account or given back quite a lot that I'd made in 2009, 2010. So it was quite a humbling experience. And I remember being a teacher at the time and I would always for the next sort of three to five years try to supplement my, my teaching income with trading on the side and I'd, I'd found it really difficult. You know, I'd gotten fairly informed but, you know, I'd be teaching a class and I'd get back and, and someone would be drilling and, you know, there'd it'd be a duster, there'd be nothing in the drill and, you know, you're down 20, 30, 40% and you have to take a haircut. So uh, over those years I think I, I was always having the most fun teaching kids about the stock market and, you know, um, I think 
love looking at stocks. I don't know about you, Joel. I think I think that's why we're both here, mate. Is love looking and searching and trawling. And uh, I thought there's got to be a better way. Um, and I sort of made a bit of a slow move into the finance industry. And I guess what I found um, is that it was a whole completely different world. You know, what I thought I knew to what I knew actually in the finance industry was was, was very little. Just understanding how, how the game works and, and, and you know. Um, so I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, as, as a trader and a, uh, as a punter, you're, you're, you should be constantly learning and, and, and testing out what you, what you think you know and, and, and probably challenging yourself with talking to others. And I think that's, that's a great sort of segue to sort of talking about why we're doing this, isn't it, Joel, is that we want to learn off people, um, particularly people that have been successful, particularly people that, that have made mistakes so that we can all learn from that. Absolutely. And I certainly found that over the years, the people I've met and just being able to bounce ideas off and hear from them, I, it's been the greatest opportunity for me to learn. It also makes you realise how many different facets there are and different approaches there are to, to being successful in the game and different challenges that you've got to come across. So we just really want to, yeah, explore that even more. And we'd be remiss if we weren't talking about the last couple of years. I mean, I think um, we were talking offline again about sort of how good 2017 was. Um, and I just remember stock, stocks going absolutely silly, like, you know, they'd come out of a placement and put the 3B out and, and, they'd, and they'd go silly. And then in 2018, you speak to most people, it's been pretty tough. I don't know about you, Joel, but... Um, yeah, certainly 2017 made it seem like it was all an easy game, but 2018 and 19 have reminded us that it's never quite as straightforward as it seems. Yeah, and I think what you find in, in some bull markets is that stuff will work then, like, you know... Uh, you can you can see an announcement and, and you can get in after the open sometimes and you can trade it in a day. But in this market, I haven't seen much that's actually carried on and it's it's really about sort of um, positioning before announcements, which is is you know which is really a, an entirely different sort of um, trading plan for some people. Um, yeah, certainly for short term sort of position trading, it's a, a very different market. And that those two extremes of 2017 and 2018, and then now in early 2019, I think. Uh, really show how quickly sentiment can change and perspective and just the enthusiasm in general, which is what makes it such a challenge. People come and people go and not many survive in the game long enough to, to see all these cycles through. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, um, thanks for listening, guys, and we hope you're ex- as excited about the series as we are. Uh, we look forward to releasing more episodes with some great guests coming up. If you've got feedback or thoughts or suggestions on what we should cover, please do flick us an email or hit us up on Twitter. The show notes have some details on how to get in touch with us and some of the episodes to listen to. But um, otherwise, signing off for now. We look forward to speaking soon. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And um, we look forward to to sharing this, this journey with you. Music in this episode is called 10 Minutes by Green Monday and from twinmusicom.org. Remember, the contents of this show is not financial advice. If you have questions or need more information about your own circumstances, make sure to contact a professional financial advisor.